Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Jan von Musker is the co-founder of Cold Agency, a lead generation agency that helps digital marketing agencies fill up their calendars with more ideal clients. He's also the co-founder of Coldlist, a software as a service tool that automatically personalizes your cold outbound messages. Jan, are you ready to dive in? Yes, for sure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for joining. So first off the bat, how does your cold agency get results? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So basically, we look at uh, the three pillars uh, to a great outreach uh, strategy. So we try to be relevant. Of course, we want to only target specific leads and we manually verify each one of them. Uh, then we go into offer. Uh, we see that uh, most agencies, especially marketing agencies, they don't really have a great offer for outbound. Uh, they're all based on inbound people coming to uh, with problems coming to them instead of uh, them uh, act- actively pushing pain points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then personalization, like uh, obviously uh, we use our own tool uh, in-house uh, and that's how we get results. Outstanding. What would you say makes your agency different from other agencies? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think the main difference is we, uh, we also really get into the offer of, the, uh, of our clients. Uh, I see a lot of agencies that basically, uh, yeah, they wor- will work with anyone and they'll just accept them, take what they already offer and just start pushing it out, uh, doing the numbers, focusing mm-hmm. on the quantity. And we're really going for qualities. Like we might only send three to 400 outbound messages uh, in a month for a client, but still get our calendar uh, fully booked uh, just because we're going for more for the, for the quality side. Awesome. Productized pricing or custom? Yeah, we're productized. Right. And ideal customer for cold agency? Yeah, for the agency, we, uh, we mainly focus on agencies uh, that are uh, servicing e-commerce stores and then with a specific offer. So we usually like... Uh, Agencies that have, for example, they, they only do TikTok ads or they only do Facebook ads, for example, email marketing. So they really have a clear focus and relevant case studies uh, to help with that uh, specific uh, problem those e-commerce stores might have. Gotcha. So one focused offer for the agency that you're serving and then those agencies work 
or, or exclusively work with e-commerce stores. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then also we've been uh, dabbling uh, a little bit in helping some SaaS uh, companies as well, and that have like an enterprise plan, and then of course strong uh, product market fit to just get the get the demos done, and then they will have to meet an enterprise plan because we've tried some lower ticket SaaS in the past, uh, but we've seen it's not really worth the time, and it's hard to convert people without doing demos. So it's uh, yeah, that's something we're also uh, experimenting with now and seeing some great results. Uh, as well. Awesome. So SaaS companies who have an enterprise who are going up market selling to the enterprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's get into it. We're going to go through a cold agency case study. What industry are we talking about? How are we getting set up? Let's take it from there for this campaign. Yeah, sure things. Yeah, the industry is e-commerce uh, or it's an e-commerce agency doing Facebook ads and uh, generating uh, user generated content for that uh, e-com store. So yeah, that's basically uh, our clients uh, and they're targeting e-com stores. They're ready to scale. So they're not really that big yet. They probably have a team of four to five people and they're looking to go from their ad spend is maybe, let's say 10 to 15K and they want to scale up to, uh, let's say uh, 50 to 100K in ad spend. So 10 to 15K a month they're spending in ads for stores. That's like the ad spend they're running for each store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And they're ready to scale, right? So. Usually, this will be a point at where at, at the founders stop doing the media buying, uh, and they'll be ready to uh, to take on an agency. Okay. What are some other things that you've noticed from? I'm assuming that companies that are looking to scale are a good fit for you. What are some other things that you've noticed that kind of tell you that hey, this company is is looking to grow or is ready to grow right now? Yeah. So what what I like to go for if they're pushing out some sort of content already on maybe LinkedIn or I'm also quite active on Twitter. So basically, if you see them kind of trying to put themselves out there, trying to uh, attract some new people by yeah, building a personal brand, for example, I think it's a great uh, indicator that they might also be interested in doing some outbound. Also, usually when their team is around, let's say six to eight people, we see that they don't really have an in-house salesperson yet. They're kind of done with the prospecting part. So it's those two things. So mainly if they put themselves out there, obviously they're looking for more clients. And if they are at that point between six to eight people, maybe a little bit larger, where the founder still does the sales, but doesn't want to hire someone for sales in-house. Uh, that's where we kind of step in and uh, yeah, take over the prospecting for them. Got it. We've got this client. What's our next step in creating this campaign? Yeah, like I said, uh, also in the intro a little bit, the main problem we see with agencies is like they're all built on inbound. They're so used to people coming uh, to them, having all these problems. A lot of agencies do everything. They, they make a website, they do ads, they do everything. That's hard to sell with uh, with outbound. Uh, you can't uh, just uh, email someone and say, "Hey, do you have a problem at all with your e-commerce store?" And then hope <laughs> right. that they uh, they will take the bait. That that doesn't work, of course. So, what we try to do is uh, really dive in, like what's like your number one service. And ideally, they already have this, so they already are specialized in, let's say, Facebook ads. And then we really dive in, like, okay, so you do this Facebook ad, but what makes you different, right? Because like everyone can do Facebook ads. And it's also not really a strong hoop still. So if I email an e-commerce store, hey, I can run Facebook ads. They're like, yeah, we already do that. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking for is like a spin. So we try to make the offer like specific. We like if they only work with, for example, skincare brands or cosmetics or something like that. They have relevant case studies to that. We'll look into that uh, to scale more into that uh, yeah, similar um, ICP. And then we also look for kind of a twist. One thing uh, we see right now is, for example, that... Uh, yeah, user-generated content is really hot. So we're trying to put that spin on the campaign. So we'll say like, we don't sell 
Facebook ads, but we make user-generated content for you. And we also do media buying. So we kind of make the offer really interesting and, uh, and unique. So that's the, that's the next step. Gotcha. So you are doing some discovery on this company, figuring out, okay, what's the number one service, starting with that. And you're going probably a couple levels deep, right? You're looking, okay, for example, who's the primary market they serve? Let's say it's skincare. Okay, great. So you're thinking about this campaign is going to be focused around skincare. And then you're talking about this user-generated content. You're kind of putting, that's a spin on it, but you're kind of leading with that or putting that yeah. out in front because it's different, but still like it's on this, it's on this foundation of media buying. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is really important in the market that we're in, right? Because like an agency usually isn't that unique. Like there's thousands of agencies and mm -hmm. yeah, that's just the way it is, right? There, there's also millions of e-commerce stores, so there's a need for them. But they get prospected a lot. If you just are one of the thousands of agencies, you're not really going to get great results. Sure, you can make up with it uh, uh, for it by uh, pushing volume, but that's not really what we like to do. We really like to take this twist. And in the end, you're still doing the Facebook ads. You're making creators for them. It's the same service that most offer, but you're just leading with something different, which makes you stand out and people are interested. And then also one thing we really like is, is guarantees or performance-based offers, especially again for agencies, uh, because yeah, a lot of people have been screwed by agencies in the past because sure. they're a bit lazy or they promise a lot, but they don't uh, deliver anything. So that's also something we see really working really well, even if it's just like a very basic guarantee, like uh, we'll get you uh, at least this return or you don't pay us, which is which should be really basic. It works great. Awesome. On top of that, you're also reversing the risk in your offer for their potential exactly. clients. Exactly. Because of course, right, when doing when doing outbound, you have to understand the place you're coming from. You're like this random stranger in someone's inbox. Why should they trust you? And I think it really speaks uh, volumes of your like confidence in your offer if you if you're already like, hey, like let's just hop on a quick call, let's discover a little bit more. And by the way, we offer this service. And if, if we don't get your results, you don't pay us. It's just a lot better to lead with that angle, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> Are there any, like going back to that offering example where you're talking about the yeah. UGC, user-generated content, are there any other spins you've seen, like angles you've seen like that work well? Yeah, so I think that would be the main one. I mean, like for different services, like for example, SEO, mm -hmm. you could say, hey, I rank you higher in Google, but you could also say, hey, we get you more sales without spending more money on ads, mm -hmm. which would also be SEO. But then it's like kind of worded differently and it's the pain that they are spending thousands a month on Facebook. Now they can get the same results without spending the money. Like what is it? It's, it's SEO. It's still SEO, uh, but it makes it different. So that's a similar twist. Same with email marketing. You can say, take the same angle, um, saving money on uh, acquiring new customers and getting more out of your existing instead of just saying, hey, I improved your email marketing. Right. So, yeah, so that's kind of the twist we're going for. Yeah. Really <laughs> digging into... I mean, the result you're driving rather than the service that they're paying you for, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then also kind of like, I'm not sure if you noticed, but like, uh, of course, Apple pushed the update and now Facebook tracking is messed up. So all these e-commerce stores, they really feel this pain. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really easy to, yeah, take, like make it relevant for now as well to uh, then push for, for example, email marketing. Yeah, to make up for it. Piggybacking on some kind of trends. I assume like, Something, yeah, with, yeah. something with TikTok would be popular now too in 2022. Yeah, exactly. yeah, not yeah, as many exactly. TikTok agencies as there are Facebook ads agencies, right? No, exactly. <laughs> we don't have uh, any clients yet that do TikTok ads. 
if anyone's listening and <laughs> wants to hop on, uh, they can there do for go. sure. I think it's uh, really, uh, really relevant. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Awesome. So we're, <laughs> we're stacking this offer, making it sexy, right? Yeah. Where are we going from here? The next step would really be finding the leads. This is something that's actually pretty hard. I really think there's a, a big opening still for some uh, big SaaS player to come in and uh, take this over. But the, finding the leads for e-commerce stores, it's really hard, especially here in Europe. Uh, we've had a really hard time with it. The main thing we want to go for and the main indicator we take uh, to see if someone's an e-commerce store is to basically check what uh, kind of CMS they're using. So if you're using Shopify, you you're probably are an e-commerce store. So that's like the... The first step we take, like uh, looking at building some big lists, using some data providers that track this, uh, like a build with store leads, that kind of stuff. Uh And yeah, then we need to manually verify each one if it's a good fit. There's no real uh, data on it. We have have a team for that and they're going through each lead, uh, seeing if it's a brand or if it's a dropshipper and uh, (laughs) classifying it that way. And then we go go through the entire list. Yeah. How do you... A dropshipper is pretty easy to spot because they lack yeah, uniqueness. Styling mostly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a kind of the right. If you if you see more than one countdown timer on the on the side, it's probably yeah. a dropshipper. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, that's one indicator. Uh, and then also, yeah, just overall the look. So we do try to find their LinkedIn most of the time because it's a great indicator that's not really a dropshipper. But then again, there's there's a lot of brands that, that do well that do fit in with some of our smaller clients. Uh, but they're just not active on LinkedIn. They don't have no reason to be active on LinkedIn. Uh, right. And so it's hard to see if it's like a real, uh, if it's a real company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Any other indicators that your people are going through and checking to see who would be a good fit? Are you looking at any other, anything yeah, else there? It, it depends uh, on the clients. Obviously, we want to look, for example, for an, uh, an opt-in box for the email if we're looking for an email marketing client. Uh, uh-huh. Email marketing clients, clients. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's mainly it. Just uh, looking at the overall styling, looking at the amount of products as well. For example, for our Facebook uh, ads agency clients, they don't want stores that sell 3,000 different products. Yeah, there's a list of uh, niches that work well for them. So it's more like uh, the brands, right? Like they sell five to uh, 10 products and, uh, and really scale that up. So that's kind of what we're looking for. Gotcha. It kind of depends on... Like your your who your clients offer performs best for. So in this instance, Facebook ads probably going to be that looking for less than or looking for less than ten products, five to ten yeah, products. Exactly. Yeah, Got it. Anything around price points? Yeah. So usually higher price uh, works better again for scaling uh, mm-hmm. for Facebook ads. Yeah, but we we don't really go into it too much. So what we're actually running right now is. Like we're building the lists beforehand. So we're kind of filling our own database with like vetted stores that we know are like real companies, not dropshippers, active domains. Because if you just take the list with all the Shopify domains, like 20, 30% are stores that are no longer online. And so we're just building it uh, like proactively instead of uh, matching it and then classifying them in, them in our database. But we're not, we're not looking at price currently, actually. No. Gotcha. So you're building an internal base on your own yeah. of stores to work with, make it easier yeah. when you need to pull that information. Yeah. Okay. How many people are you putting into a campaign or your, or how many people are you building a list for, or is this just, you're taking as many as you need from that internal list you're building or internal database you're building? How yeah. many for this campaign, I should ask? Usually we try to reach out to around 800 stores per month uh, per client. And yeah, we're now currently, we're scraping 
I think it's around a thousand a week we're adding to the database and we want to up that to 2K so we can actually uh, keep up also with our new clients coming in. But yeah, it's around 800, uh, 800 leads we contact uh, we contact in a month. Yeah, gotcha. Good stuff. All right. We've got some leads. We got some data. Where are we going from here? Yeah, so we, uh, we also looked at the offer, of course, and now we're trying to build the offer into like a nice sequence. Uh-huh. Some of our clients already did some call outbound before us. So we always ask them like, hey, what works well for you? But mo- most of their scripts, uh, yeah, they're just too long. It's uh, it's a lot of uh, selling, not a lot of talking or trying to open a conversation. Yeah. So yeah, we're really diving into the scripts. And with the scripts, we're looking at uh, yeah personalization, first of all. So we use our own uh, our own tool to uh, generate the first lines, uh, which just makes it easy to increase open rates because the snippets will be personalized. And also it just, yeah, it indicates it's not really automated, even though it is automated. I think just uh, feel like e-commerce stores are more receptive of your message if they get some genuine compliment about their um, about their store. We're looking into that, writing the script, uh, implementing the offer in the script, and then um, we also like to add in uh, like personalized images, uh, which would have been uh, working really well for us, especially here in Europe. It's not really uh, I'm not sure how it is in the US. Maybe it's uh, overdone there already, but here it's like uh, if I if I take a whiteboard and uh, dynamically add in uh, someone's name. Yeah, people think it's real, so it's, it works really well for the campaign. So that's kind of the things we're looking at, and we're discussing it with the clients to see if it fits, fits our style, because I think that's really important uh, as well. Because uh, yeah, after we pass on the lead to them, of course you want close rate to be high, mm-hmm. uh, so it should really be in line with their uh, with their branding as well. Awesome. <laughs> I want to go back to the top there with you using your tool Cold List, yeah. right, to generate those personalized first lines. So how does that work? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's actually been uh, only been out like uh, two days as of the day of the recording, wow. so on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So we've been using it internally for uh, for quite a bit, of course, for testing and uh, just finding out what we like. But for now, it supports uh, two different types. So for the e-commerce stores, we'll mainly be going for the website. So it's based on the URL you provide. And RAI basically will check the website and then summarize what they're doing and then just give a compliment about that. So it will be... Yeah, let's say a skincare brand and they're saying something on their homepage about reducing like bad skin or something. And then it's awesome to see the, the line would be like something like it's awesome to see skincare brands like the name of the brand is reducing skin problems. Uh, I think it's great. You're helping your customers that way. Something like that. It's really basic. It's not too in-depth, but it just shows some interest in the company. But then it's automated. So, yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> Does it need any manual Massaging? No, no. Or? no, so you just uh, upload the CSV and uh, it takes in all the URLs. And then, yeah, the output, I would say we we, we do still check it because the AI can be wild sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, we've seen like 95%, it's, it's okay. So I would say if you right now, like a lot of people are writing their first lines uh, with teams uh, in the Philippines, for example, I would say uh, like you can still like have someone check the lines manually. But then it's just like a like a writing assistant, uh, and it's like ninety five percent is already good to go. But then for that five percent, you uh, you want to check it still. Yeah, yeah. So they can even spend more of their time on making it even more unique or just checking it rather than doing it from scratch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would say it's uh, it's mainly checking because, like on the on the rare, rare cases, like someone might have their website structured a bit differently than 
like we're used to, like our software is used to. Mm-hmm. And then it will say something a bit weird. But it's not it's not like I've never seen a line that's like uh, would be really bad to send. It's just a mm-hmm. bit weird. It's like a human wouldn't say this. So that's the only thing uh, you have to check for. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of the syntax <laughs> the syntax of the, yeah, of the yeah. first line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it will uh like let's say you have your site structured really like you have an opt-in email opt-in box in your header or something and uh, the site is structured really differently uh, for some reason it, it might say oh cool to see you have an email newsletter or something like that right yeah it's, it's more uh, <laughs> okay so it's, yeah. yeah so that's that's like the five percent right so we're, we're going on about it but like 95 percent, it's all ready to go so i just want to check for the the newsletter compliments and uh, and that's it right yeah good stuff man good stuff your script writing do you follow a formula for that and then when you pull the off you like you have a formula and then you're like pulling this specific information about the offer and plugging it into that formula. Yeah, we use very similar scripts uh, between clients. I haven't really been, I haven't really wrote, written it out like a, like a full on framework, but we use the same structure. Yeah. So it's, it's like the, just the greeting, the first line, then we always press on some pay points. So for example, in the e-commerce example, we'd be like, Hey, how's your media buying been doing? Uh, have you been, uh, Feeling any effects of the uh, iOS 14, I believe it was, update. We say something like that. And then we say, like, I ask because uh, we help stores just like yours do X, Y, Z. Like, that's the, the offer sentence. So you really want to say something like, make it unique again, right? Like, generate user-generated content uh, to increase your Facebook ad performance. Uh, and then we would introduce a case study. So that always works well. So you say, hey, similar brand to yours. We, did, uh, we took them from point A to point B. And then the final, uh, final would be uh, like our call to action is actually always like, is this something you're interested in? So we take like low barrier call to action, I would say. Yeah. So you're coming up with the greeting, <clears throat> using cold lists that personalize first line to grab their attention, yeah. hitting on those pain points, positioning your offer as a solve for those pain points, bringing in a relevant case study and a call to action, action that creates a conversation rather than asking for a meeting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen like, I think there's actually a cultural difference as well because we're doing it a lot in Europe, like our mm-hmm. outreach. And uh, like, if we push for a meeting, a lot of people find it too pushy. So they're like, uh, I don't know you yet. Why would I want to meet? Like that, right. those kind of responses, right? Sure. So it's just like, hey, are you interested in this thing we're doing? They're like, yeah, sure. I'm interested. What's the next step? Or uh, you can uh, give me a call. We get a, a lot of two. And then there's their phone number in the, in the signature. Awesome. So yeah, that's kind of what we're going for. Yeah. <clears throat> what are you using to send emails and to create the custom images? Uh, we're using Lemlist uh, for both. Got so uh, yeah, yeah, we're really, really really big fan of uh, of theirs. It's a uh, it's a great tool, I think. It is. <clears throat> it definitely is. Okay. Very cool. We've got the copywriting and the personalization down. Is that the end of the campaign, or I should ask, are you following up? How are you following up? Yeah, sure. So our sequence looks like uh, it's usually like three days wait, and then we just bump. So it just uh, like we don't say like just bumping this up. I don't really like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going for uh, like, hey, uh, just wondering if you had some time to check out my last email. Wondering what you think about, and then your value proposition. That works really well. And then if they don't respond, then we follow up again seven days later. I think so. We're quite uh, quite some time in between. We say, hey, last week I tried to reach out, haven't heard back. I just want to share this quick case study. So we do a little bit more about the case studies. Uh, they have 
trying to get a feel of what you can do for them, get some social proof as well. Yeah, and then usually we, we have one more case study, I think, five days after. And then, yeah, we don't really do like a breakup email, but we do mostly like uh, we do 30 days later. So we say, hey, last month I tried to reach out. I haven't heard back from you yet. Maybe it wasn't a great time. Yeah, maybe this, uh, maybe you're open to discussing uh, your value proposition. And uh, now would love to uh, have a quick chat. Awesome. Do you ever go back to those people in like three, six months? Yeah, we do. So the ones that didn't respond or didn't like didn't say like unsubscribe or that kind of stuff, we'll go back to them uh, later as well. Yeah, we'll reuse them. Oh, cool. Are you using any other channels or are you seeing success from email only? So currently we're doing email only. We have experimented with multi-channel, but we found, especially with the e-commerce uh, stores, like a lot of them aren't on LinkedIn. And then for the call, we do have some clients uh, that at the end of the sequence, if someone opened our, our emails, didn't respond, uh, we passed them on the phone numbers, but then our clients themselves uh, can uh, pick up the phone. Yeah, we, we do email only. Yeah, and we, we've seen great results with that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, to wrap us up, let's get into that. What metrics do you track and what results do you, have you seen from this campaign specifically? Yeah, sure. Yeah, this exact campaign, uh, we've seen like, I think it's a 85% open rate, which is good. And we usually aim for at least 65%. So yeah, that's our open rate. Then as for the meeting booked rates, I think on this campaign, it was around 3%. And our benchmarks, like we want 2% or up. And uh, reply rates are actually like 40% or something. Wow. Because uh, here in Europe, and especially in the Netherlands, everyone replies, but like uh, <laughs> a small percentage of the replies will be positive. But a lot of people say, hey, not interested, or uh, maybe later, or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff as well. But they're, they're a lot less used. Sometimes if I look at the uh, the benchmarks from the US, I, I'm thinking, uh, like, I'm a genius here with my cold email. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a, uh, like, our campaigns are good, but it's a, it's a cultural difference or like a business. Uh, yeah, like, it's not really, uh, they're less used to it here. Let's, let's uh, sure. say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. 85% open, 3% meeting book, 40% reply rate. Anything else you'd yeah. like to share with the audience before we wrap up here? No, that's it. I think we talked about it quite well. Yeah. So just uh, again, like relevancy, offer and personalization. That's the three things we go for. And uh, yeah, if you keep those in mind, I think you will see uh, great results. Good <clears> stuff. Coldagency.io and coldlist.io. Jan, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me. Awesome. You have a good one. You too.